0: Well, hey, family, listen, you're about to watch a message. This was live from Change ATL. It was our Easter um, worship gathering at the Gas Sound Convention Center. And man, I taught a message called Back Like I Never Left. Now, if you've never experienced any sort of setback, this message isn't for you. If you've never felt like you've wasted time, this message isn't for you. If you've never felt like you'd be further in your present if it wasn't for decisions you made in your past, this isn't for you. But if you've ever experienced any of that, this message is gonna give you a blueprint on how to bounce back. I've got one specific request of you. And that is, if this message adds value to your life, share it with someone else. And if you wanna go deeper in your own knowledge when it comes to the Bible, I want you to become a part of my tribe that I'm leading, a community called Bible View. Website information is on the screen. I'd love to have you a, a part of a tribe that's getting better at understanding, applying, and explaining the Bible, I seek it to the message. There are a few verses of Scripture I want to read, found in the Gospel of John, John chapter number 20, uh, and I want to read a few verses, beginning at verse number 24. I'm reading from the New International Version. And it reads like this It says, Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, who's one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he said, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out and put your hand into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. I'm going to stop the reading of Scripture right here, and I want to talk from this subject in our time together today. I'm going to see if I can get at least 75 witnesses here. Back like I never left. Back like I never left. Family, on this weekend, people are gathered in sacred spaces all over the world in celebration of the most significant and consequential event in human history and that is the resurrection of jesus and although this day is and should be a day of celebration it is also an opportunity for education in other words it is one thing to know that jesus got up it is another thing to know what it means for me and it is in that spirit that i want to offer this axiom in our time together and it is simply this the resurrection is a revelation of god's ability to orchestrate an unusual recovery the resurrection Is a revelation of God's ability to orchestrate an unusual recovery. In other words, the resurrection is a powerful picture of a word called buoyancy and buoyancy simply means bounce-back ability. (laughs) It is when God empowers individuals to recover from bounce back from and walk out of seasons and situations and circumstances that other people would normally stay buried in. It is when God gives you a resurrection from something that would have ruined the average person. But I want to know, am I talking to anybody in here on today that is honest enough to admit there is nothing average about me? As a matter of fact, when I objectively observe God's interaction and intervention in my life, there is one word that describes the things that he has done for and through me, and that word is unusual. I want to know, am I talking to anybody that is sick of settling, that is allergic to average, and that's believing for God to do, not normal, not ordinary, but I want you to bless me so uniquely and so significantly that people look at me and say, that's unusual. buoyancy, bounce back ability, and unusual recovery. And this explanation will only create excitement for those who will admit that the trajectory of their life has not been a rocket ship, but it's been a roller coaster. This segment of the sermon is for those people. It's for people who felt like they're behind schedule it's for people who feel like you will be further in your present if you were wiser in your past it is for people who feel like things would be different for me if that didn't happen to me this word is for you here it is God is getting ready to give you an unusual recovery Unusual means strange and bizarre and not common and not ordinary. It's when God says, I'm gonna make something happen that wouldn't normally happen unless I made it happen. And others who are aware of the adversity that you experience will look at you surprised surprised and perplexed because the last place they saw you was the tomb. And they expect you to be in the same place and in the same condition you were in the last time they saw you. But they don't realize that God has blessed you with one of the most beneficial blessings you can ever receive. And that's not bling on the outside. It's buoyancy on the inside. See, people think you're blessed because of what they can see. And they don't realize what they can see is not the blessing. What they can see is the byproduct of the blessing. The real blessing my real flex is not what's on the outside my real flex is if you would have went through what i went through you would have gave up if you would have went through what i went through you would have quit but there is something on the inside of me that says devil you can't have the last say it may be friday but sunday is coming And I don't know who this is for, and I don't know what you're facing, but I got two words from you today. And the two words are bounce back. Bounce back from the. They broke up with you? Bounce back. You went through bankruptcy? Bounce back. There's a downturn in the business? Bounce back. Because the hardest thing God ever had to do was get Jesus out of the grave. And if He can get Jesus out of the grave, He can help you recover from whatever has put you in yours. I want somebody, don't talk to your neighbor, but say it so that they can hear it. Say, bounce back, bounce back, bounce back, bounce back. Buoyancy is on the inside of you. Bounce back. Life will have you in a tomb on Friday. But buoyancy will have you bouncing back on Sunday, saying, I'm back like I never left. And People who witness some of the seasons of struggle you went through will be surprised and say, you came back from that? And you'll look at them and say, and did? You recovered from that? And did you bounced back from that and did, you must don't know like I know uh, what the Lord has done for me. Buoyancy and the resurrection is a picture of this possibility. I want you to hear me now. The resurrection of Jesus is a revelation that an unusual recovery is not just possible for him. The resurrection of Jesus is also an indication that an unusual recovery is possible for you. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? It is not just a historical fact that it happened for Jesus. It is an example in principle of what can happen for you. I want you to catch this now. God the Father sends Jesus the Son not just to be our Savior, but to be our example. To be an example of what life can be like for an optimized human when they live under the guidance and governance of God. He came to show you What is possible for you if you will live under the guidance and governance of God? So when you are reading the activity of Jesus in the Gospels, you don't just simply need to admire that it happened for him. You should be inspired that it can happen for you. Because he didn't just walk on water to show you and me he can walk on water. He walked on water to show you and me that he will enable you to walk on what other people drown in. Did you hear what I just said? And some of you right now, you should be drowning. You should be seeking. You should be overwhelmed. You should be overrun. But somehow, way, you are on top of what should be on top of you. Jesus puts his spirit in his people so that just like he bounced back, we can bounce back also. The apostle Paul put it this way when he's writing to the believers in the church at Rome. He says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the spirit that lives in you. And and our text is a powerful picture of this truth. Our, Our text allows us to eavesdrop on a conversation that Jesus is having with one of his mentees, his apprentices, his disciples named Thomas. It's an interesting conversation because they're in a season where an element of Thomas's character that was unexposed got exposed. This conversation shows us that Thomas is what I would call a silent skeptic. I said, this scripture shares and shows us the character trait of this gentleman named Thomas, who is what I would call a silent skeptic. What do you mean, Darius? The Bible says that the disciples had seen Jesus post-resurrection. Thomas was not with them when they saw him. So they say to Thomas, we've seen the Lord. Thomas say, well, unless I see it with my own eyes, unless I put my hand On the scars that are on his hand, unless I put my hand in the hole that is in his side, I won't believe it. So Thomas, you mean to tell me you've been walking with Jesus for three years? And for three years, Jesus has been predicting his own death, burial, and resurrection. And those three years, you heard him say it, but you didn't believe it. For three years, you heard him articulate his intention to go into the grave and to come out of it. And for three years, you listened to him, but you were a skeptic. Here it is. I don't know if y'all can handle this. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. I said, if you're ready, say, "I'm I'm ready. Yeah, there are some people that are with you because they like you, but that does not mean they believe in you. You can articulate your dream, you can articulate your vision, you can articulate your ambition, and they will sit and smile outwardly, but inwardly they can be skeptical. But I'm praying that God send you and surround you with some friends that will not just be with you, but that will believe in you, and believe for you. I don't know who receives that today. I said I'm praying that God send you some people that believe in you when you don't believe in yourself. I'm praying that God send you some friends that agitate you when you slide into apathy that will check you when you start settling and say if you don't get yourself up and get yourself together, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God has in store for you, I want somebody to thank God for your real friends. He says, unless I see it, I don't believe it. <laughs> and text says, a week later, they're all in a room, locked in the room together, and Jesus shows up. In the room and they don't even know how he got in there. The doors are locked. Nobody's in the room but them. And Jesus shows up in a room they thought he was locked out of. Did you hear what I just said? The doors were locked There was no other way to enter the room. But the Bible says Jesus just shows up. And I want to know, am I talking to anybody that is honest enough to admit that he showed up even when you tried to lock him out? Okay, let me find the section that is honest enough to admit that God had to drag me out of some things kicking and screaming. Let let me find some people who are honest enough to admit he had to have several conversations with me to convince me to obey him in a certain area. I know some of y'all he has to tell you one time, but there are some others of us in the room that are honest enough to say I tried to lock him out of certain areas in my life. But when God has something for you, he won't even let you sabotage his plan for your life. I know we celebrate when God, watch this, stops outside issues from blocking you. But I wanna know, is there anybody that is honest enough to admit that he is so sovereign that he didn't even let you sabotage you? They, the room is locked. Jesus shows up. Are y'all ready for this? I said, are y'all ready for this? He shows up and the text says there's 11 people in the room. Judas is in the room. 11 people in the room. He goes right to Thomas. He wasn't in the room when Thomas said what he said. But Jesus heard what he said even when he thought he wasn't listening. He walks in the room, ignores the other 11, and speaks right to Thomas. I'm going to say that one more time. He ignores the other 11 in the room and goes right to Thomas. I'm going to say that one more time. He ignores the other 11 in the room and goes right to the doubter. some people who don't understand this will be in the 11 and will be offended by his silence y'all didn't hear what i just said and sometimes we are offended by his silence we're confused by his silence we're like god why aren't you talking to me god why aren't you leading me but what if i told you that sometimes his silence is an indication of his confidence I need such. What if I told you that sometimes his silence is a indication that he knows how solid you are? So he says, I don't have to talk to the 11. They solid. I don't have to keep talking to the 11. They, they grounded, they're anchored. I gotta talk to this doubter. What if I told you guys, might not be talking to you as much as you want him to, because he's got more confidence in you than you do. He said, no, no, my silence don't mean something wrong. My silence means you've demonstrated that your decision making can be trusted Woo! my silence may be an indication that you've grown to a place of wisdom that you only need to hear from me on great decisions cuz you got enough wisdom to handle black and white he he comes comes and goes right to Thomas I don't want to bother this but can I bother Bother! here it is he goes to Thomas and he doesn't say much because he realizes you can't convince a skeptic with words that's some of your problem I said, that's some of your problem. You keep trying to convince skeptics with your words. You can't convince skeptics with your words. You gotta educate a skeptic with your experience. Don't tell a skeptic, listen to me. Tell a skeptic, watch me. You didn't hear what I just said. No, 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 tell a skeptic, watch me because you see me crucified on Friday. But don't stop watching on Friday. Stay tuned, because early Sunday morning, the same God that lets you see me experience a crucifixion is the same God that's going to make you watch me experience a resurrection. You didn't hear what I just said. Some of you don't understand why God let some of your business get in the street. You don't understand why he didn't keep certain things contained. And God's like, you embarrassed by what I'm getting ready to use. I put them in proximity to see your crucifixion because I'm gonna keep them in proximity and make them watch your resurrection. Watch this. I want somebody in this room to open your mouth and say, watch this, watch this. Just, just keep watching. Just, just, just keep. I, I, I know it's Friday now, but Good Friday wasn't called Good Friday, Friday. They didn't hear it. I, I said Good Friday wasn't called Good Friday, Friday. Good Friday wasn't good until Sunday. Nobody was calling Good Friday, good on Friday. But if you can make it to Sunday morning, God will make sense out of your Friday evenings because weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I want to hear somebody that believes you in a Saturday season put your Fridays, your Fridays in the past and Sundays in the future to open your mouth and say, I'm coming. I'm coming. How much time? I got 11 minutes, y'all all right? Here, here it is. Here it is. He goes in the room and he showed Thomas his scars preach, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, uh, this is post resurrection, how he got scars because he's in his glorified body. I don't understand how in his glorified body, he still got scars. he goes right to Thomas and say here put your hand here here put your put your hand here there is no other place in Scripture that I've seen where we see Jesus make use of his scars show me somewhere else where he did something else with the scars Did you hear what I just said? God said, I'm gonna let you survive, but I'm not gonna remove some scars because the scars are not intended to trigger Jesus about the past. The scars are intended to be a testimony for Thomas because Thomas needs to see your scars so that Thomas can see what's possible for him. Are y'all ready for this? Are y'all ready for this? I got to say this because I don't want you to think, to hear, to feel that I am preaching or teaching a selfish, consumeristic gospel. I want you to understand the why behind the what? See, your unusual recovery, I can say I believe God's going to give you on with confidence. I, I can say that with confidence because I saw something in the text, Marlon. I I saw that your unusual recovery isn't for you. It's for Thomas. That there are some Thomases in your life that are gonna have to bounce back from some of the same things you bounce back from. And God wants to use your life As evidence and as an example that bouncing back from these things are possible. Now, you told God to use you. Let me go to this side. Come on. You asked God to use you. You said, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. And when we ask God to use us, what we're really asking God to do is use my gifts. But God says, sometimes I'm not going to use your gifts. Sometimes I'm going to use your life. Sometimes I'm going to let you go in a grave and stay there three days. And I'm going to raise you back up so that everybody that saw you go in has to watch you come out as evidence of what I can do. I got to go. Y'all tired. Here it is. God can't trust everybody with tombs. The highest form of trust is when he can trust you with trouble. So I trust you to go in there and not stay. I trust that there's some y'all not talking to me. I can back this is this is theological. Like this is the theological premise and foundation for the Book of Job. God recommended Job. Say, did you hear what I just? God said, Job. Why? Because it is an indication that God trusted Job to manage that season properly. And he says, what I'm going to do on the back end of this season, is going to be so amazing, it's going to make up for what you lost in the middle of this season. While I'm going through this, he trusts you. (laughs) Why is my heart broken? He trusts you. Why is this happening to me? He trusts you because he knows the average person would stay in that tomb, but he knows the buoyancy on the inside of you. Says, I have not survived everything. I survived to succumb to this. Let me see if I got any old school churchgoers here. I don't feel no way's tired. I come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy, but I don't believe. He's brought me this far to leave me. So I trust you. Because I need people that I can use as an example, not just of what's possible with your gifts. I need people that's an example of what's possible with your life. bounce back, and that's what Jesus did. He, he bounced, he didn't just reveal to us that we could bounce back, he revealed, I'm done Tara, he revealed what we can bounce back from. Because if you're gonna try to optimize, you have to understand what I'm teaching you today, and that is buoyancy is a non-negotiable. That's so good. It's a life skill that you must have if you're gonna optimize. You will have setbacks. And if you do not develop this life skill, you will make a state out of what God intended to be a stage. You will settle for the wilderness when you've been created for Canaan. Because you didn't recover. So you think everything's gonna be on the up and up in business? You think you're never having a setback? You think everything's gonna be up and up in the marriage? You think everything's gonna be up and up in parenting? You think everything's gonna be up and up in your career? It's not a rocket ship, it's a roller coaster. can you recover can you reframe rejection and say this is not rejection this direction yeah. this a life skill I'm speaking to somebody right now who feels like you're in a tomb you feel like a dream is dying a vision is dying cause you've had a setback not realizing that is a revelation that setbacks are set ups for come ups if you'll develop buoyancy you're gonna to have to bounce back. If Jesus did, you you're gonna have to bounce back. To, you're gonna to have to bounce back from betrayal. That's what Jesus had to bounce back from. Yeah. Betrayal is uniquely painful because betrayal is illogical. Jesus was a perfect man, so he always did what was perfect, said what was perfect, felt what was perfect, and he still dealt with a Judas. Wow. Because your character don't change Judas' character. But Jesus looked at a man that was gonna betray him and said, whatever you're gonna do, do it quickly. In other words, I'm so convinced that God got me. I'm not even gonna try to talk you out of what you're gonna do. Your betrayal don't block my blessing. Say what you want. You think you can ruin my reputation, but if God's got something for me, you can only ruin my reputation in the minds of people who don't matter. did you hear what I just said some of you are worried about what people think of you that don't matter for your destiny God does not give you favor with everybody you want it with God gives you favor with everybody you need it with and so if you don't have favor with them God's not gonna use them to do what he wants to do in your life see you gotta bounce back God will never have your destiny in the hands of a Judas. God said, you think you think they got much, that much power to ruin you? Do you know who I am? You got to recover from betrayal because if not, you'll be so bitter with Judas that you won't minister to the thief when you're hanging on a cross. the pain you experienced in your past ain't about your past, it's about your future he wants to use Judas to make you jaded you gotta recover you gotta recover from betrayal, you gotta recover from beatings, Jesus got beat and life's gonna throw some blows at you It's gonna be some blows you don't see coming some of you, you're going to find something on the phone you didn't see coming. You, you're going to get a phone call you didn't see coming. You're going to get a diagnosis you didn't see coming. It's a blow. But I was watching a movie a long time ago. Y'all too young for this movie. It's called Necessary Roughness. And it was about this football team. And this guy got hit. And the coach walked over to him. He said, are you hurt or are you injured? He says, what's the difference? He says, if you hurt, you can still play. I'm- God says, you hurt, but because I'm a healer, I'm going to make sure it doesn't injure you. Does that make sense? Sometimes you're like, oh my God, I'm so hurt. It's just our ego hurt. Because God's like, this has no bearing on what I'm going to do in your life. And I'm done. Here's number three. Y'all ready for it? You got to bounce back from Burials. You ever felt like you or something was being buried? I know some of you winning all the time, but you ever been in a season where you feel like, I ain't winning right now. And the people came to the tomb, Marlon, looking for Jesus in the last place they saw him. And the angel said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? This is the first miracle that we can celebrate being a miracle because Jesus wasn't there. Wow. 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 Every other time there was a miracle, it was because he was there. This time, it was a miracle because he wasn't there. And sometimes the miracle in your life is you are not where other people are who've been through what you've been through. Why seek ye the living among the dead? I'm not there anymore. God said, I want to change your condition. I want to raise you up out of everything that's burying you. And I'm done. Here's, here's recovery though. In the Bible, when God recovers or restores, He never gives you back what you lost. The Bible doesn't define terms, it describes terms using biblical characters. So when Joseph experienced recovery, he didn't get back what he lost. When Job experienced recovery, he didn't get back what he lost. When Jesus experienced recovery, he didn't get back what he lost. Because recovery is not God giving you back what you lost. It's God giving you back more. Job got double. And he's going to do it for you. But here's my prayer for you. Can I pray this over you? I said, can I pray this over you? Here's my prayer for you. My prayer for you is you have the buoyancy to endure Saturday seasons. Sunday's coming, but you gotta survive your Saturday seasons. That God gives you sometimes your strategy. What's my strategy? Sometimes your strategy is simply not to quit. I wouldn't be in this room today and you wouldn't either, with me at least, if I had quit. Sometimes the strategy is just not to quit. I want to pray that God helps you with that. If you need that prayer, say yes.